Hey, everybody, and welcome into the New England Ski Journal Basecamp Podcast, your central information for New England skiing and riding. I am your host, Eric Wilbur. I'm joined by Mike Specian. Hi, Mike. Hey, Eric. How are you today? I'm doing great. What's up? Well, the foliage is changing. Yes. And before I go any farther, you know what? Country Skiing Sports, I want to thank them for sponsoring us. It's just great to have people seeing value in what you and I are doing out here. Well, Country Ski and Sport, I mean, has has been a partner of the New England Ski Journal for 25 years. So this is sort of the the next step in our in our commitment and our relationship to each other, which is fantastic. We thank them for sponsoring the podcast for the uh, remainder of the ski season and getting ready for their annual event in November, which is what weekend? Veterans Day weekend. Veterans Day weekend, yep. the, the annual tent sale out there in Hanover which we will bring much more of you for much more about to you in the coming weeks. So yes, thank you to them. But yes, the foliage, the foliage, you know what? Things are changing. We had a lot of moisture, a lot of, a lot of moisture this summer Mm -hmm. and leaves should be pretty vibrant. I mean, I, I, I cannot wait until the first pictures of Mount Washington come across from Bretton Woods with the snow cap behind and the oranges and yellows in front. One of my favorite. We, you and I talked a little bit earlier about like September for me was a lot about balancing my schedule, right? Trying to figure out what I can get done because you go from summer into just all of a sudden a whole new schedule. And October, which is when we are taping this, right? Right after the turn of the calendar is sort of like a big mark, right? Now you're, you're getting out of the shorts, right? The shorts are getting put away. And you're wearing jeans a lot more. You're waking up in the morning. You're having to wear a hoodie or a jacket of some sort leaving in the morning. All these little things, these little quick little reminders that the warmth is going away and that the cold is coming on, that winter is indeed coming. And in the coming weeks, we've got, we've got the, the Hanover show coming up. We've got Killington and the World Cup coming up. These are all within the next eight, nine weeks, which means that in eight, nine weeks, you're going to be skiing, which is exciting to look at. Yeah, it's coming quick. The The cool thing is, and the guns have already been turned on out of Day Basin. Okay, everybody, right, right. the race is now on to get open. And they just closed. I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, Mammoth. Mammoth closed in July. And they're, they've got a countdown from when they're opening, which is impressive, right? In New England, Killington was the last to close on June 1st, and they'll most likely be the first to open in November. Doesn't exactly speak to to Mammoth. I mean, Mammoth's on a whole other level, right? But, you know, it is, I mean, we are only a few weeks away from having those, well, first of all, we're only maybe days away from having the snow leage, snow leage, right? The snow foliage photos. Um, And then we're probably only a couple days away from having Sunday River saying, hey, look, we tested the equipment and here it is. Uh, which usually happens by now. I'm surprised that it's usually late September when they throw those out. But regardless, in any case, it means that skiing is coming. We're not just sitting here telling you anymore. It's really happening. Well, I can tell you the ski areas right now are scrambling. If you remember when we talked to Tom Day, he he said no matter what they do, the last push in, there's always so much to do right. to and, get ready. And I'm getting all the, here's what's new here. Here's what we got going on. Here's what we did all summer. All those PR pitches are landing in my inbox right now, which is one, very helpful. And two, it's so if you have any of those, you could send them my way. 
and it's also just it, it gets you excited, right? It starts starts the planning motion about what are the storylines that are going to be following here and there. Well, if you remember just a couple podcasts ago, we were talking about Powder Magazine, Ski Magazine, mm-hmm. and how you and I wanted to do something that is a rite of passage as we go into the ski season, and it was the ski movies. We we had an, an incredibly robust, fun conversation with Mike Marvin and Lynn Wyland. And yep. then we came back with, oh my goodness, you put Mike Hattrup and Greg Stump in the same room together on a podcast. It's electrifying. I mean, just energy and zaniness. But what do we got coming up today, which is kind of cool? Well, today we're going to go into another local, well, local beginnings for one of the biggest ski film companies out there in uh, Teton Gravity Research. Started in 1995 by Todd and Steve Jones, brothers originally from Cape Cod. TGR's now got more than 30 different films to its name, including its latest offerings this year, which I, I, I tried to see if they have any local showings for, for either of those new shows. They they do, and I did not find any, so maybe we'll, we'll work on that, and we'll get to that later in the show. And we're going to talk about their new, like, Teton Gravity Research, it, more commonly known as TGR to you, is it the Warren Miller of this generation? I don't even know if that's a good way to put it. But it's a monster of a film, of a ski film business in which that, for almost 30 years, these guys have crossed the world, and and, and they have gone to destinations that you could not imagine destinations that get more snow than you can possibly think of and and have created a whole different world based on its online presence which was at the forefront of things back in 1995 and if you remember the internet back then it's it's tough to tell my kids about that in 1999 their father waited an hour to download the 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 preview for the Phantom Menace, which was a two minute preview, the Star Wars Phantom Menace, one hour, Dad. Yes, one hour. That is how the internet worked in 1999. Things took time. They down they downloaded very slowly. Nothing was instant gratification. And yet, it was during this time period that TGR saw a way to embrace the internet, and it really was key in a lot of the things that they ended up doing for the next three decades. Yet TGR has set the bar in so many ways. And just, just so everybody's got this, the big event here in Boston, House of Blues, they're there every year. Legend has it is the movie, November 16th, 7.30 p.m. So put that on your, on your radar screen. I've been working, doing some stuff with TGR here in Boston throughout the years with Mark, who, who oversees all their road programs. They are just an absolute pleasure to work with. It's a great company that are pushing the envelope. And I am really, really excited to have the conversation with Todd Jones. Yeah, and I'm sure many snowboarders out there have heard of Jeremy Jones, their brother. I, I've spoken to Todd and Jeremy many times over the years, and they're always very proud of their East Coast roots, right? They're very proud of how they went from the beaches of Cape Cod to the Teton, the, the Teton Valley. and how this dream of theirs became a reality and just sort of burgeoned. Like, well, I, I just pulled it up. The wonderful thing about the computer in front of you when you don't do all the research, of course. Also, for anybody up in the Portland, Maine area, November 3rd 
is also the premiere up there. So there's two dates in New England that I see. Okay, great. I was looking and I was not getting a reaction. That's probably because my location services do not like me. So thank you very much, very much, Mike, for sorting that out. We will be right back with Todd Jones of TGR. This is the Basecamp Podcast presented by Country Ski and Sport. All right, welcome back to the Basecamp Podcast presented by Country Ski and Sport. We are pleased to have on the line right now uh, from Teton Gravity Research, uh, co-founder of the ski film Titan, uh, Todd Jones, to discuss about uh, what's happening with TGR this year and, and other things in the skiing community, what's going on out west, et cetera, et cetera. Todd, welcome to the show. And uh, it's you said you were back uh, east recently, correct? Yeah, I was back a couple couple weeks ago, so it it was nice. I mean, that's that's hometown. Grew up on Cape Cod. Grew up grew up riding at Stowe, and I did I did a stint at high school at Kimball Union Academy. So I rode the infamous Whaleback, was our training hill for ski racing, and got got to cruise around really and and ski all over the East. I, I absolutely love it. It's a lot of the soul of Skiing comes out of the East Coast, so yeah, it's a great spot. Can you give the audience, just give them a brief synopsis of you and your brothers and how you you went from the beaches of Cape Cod to Teton Gravity Research? Like, how did this begin? Yeah, absolutely. We, my dad, my dad went to, he went to Dartmouth College and then he went to BC Law and he became, he was, he was a starting, a young starting attorney. We were all way into hockey. We were playing travel hockey. That that was the gig. It was up at four in the morning to the Kennedy Memorial Hockey Rink in Barnstable, and we would just crank and we'd travel all over. But we, my my grandfather, would peace out Stowe, and so we would go visit him and stay with him, and we started to learn to ski. And and then my dad, as as when he was. Starting his law practice, he said, "Hey guys, I could I could get a condo here. They were building these condos at the base of of Toll House up up by Mansfield." And he said, "Hey, I could pull this off, but it's kind of like it's it's my biggest investment in my life, and it's everything. And uh, I need if if I do it, no more travel hockey. You guys will have to move to the, to the non travel program." So we had a little family meeting, and we were pretty young, and we all just unanimous. We, we love skiing. We're like, we're in. And so we would drive. I mean, I, it still blows me away, but we would drive from Cape Cod to Stowe every weekend, Friday. We'd get, typically get there late. And then we never had a rule to get off the mountain Sunday early to get home early. We were allowed to ride right to the buzzer, which we did. And then we'd drive home. And we would do that every weekend unless it was a vacation. And so we, we had to work for it back in the early days, but we wanted it. It's funny you tell you tell that story about how you had these commitments at home, and Jeremy told me this similar story about I think eight years ago, the first time I interviewed him. <laughs> and you know, it, it's funny because here I am now with I've got three kids, and they've got busy schedules, and my parents have a house in the mountains, and I could say to them, "Hey, we'll go here every weekend." And it's not working. So I just kind of wish I were in your shoes where I could show my kids, hey, you got to give everything out, but we could ski every weekend. It's not happening in the yeah. war household. I, I, so God bless the Joneses. Hey, I, I met a kid in Jackson last or a couple of years ago, and I was bragging about how hard we worked for it. And I said, what's your story? Where, you, your, 
what's your what's your gig? And he's like, but yeah, I grew up on Nantucket. We did the same thing, but we had to take the ferry over to get to Barnstable to right. your hometown to start our drive. And I was like, oh man, yeah, you one upped me there. Yeah, I I went to college with a our, our goalie lived on the vineyard, and so he would tell yeah. us tales about like when you play hockey in the vineyard. There's a little bit of travel that that goes along yeah. with it. Nuts, nuts. Well, well, Todd, first first off, I want to say thank you for joining us because TGR is really special to me. I've, been, I've worked with Mark Bernhardt here in Boston trying to drive business your way through the years. This this whole podcast, we, we, we started this last, last September, I guess it was, and the idea was to come up with a three-part series of influential films that really changed – changed what we how we think about skiing and you guys came up with a trilogy that really just blew it all away can you tell us about that yeah the deeper further higher that was it was an amazing run i often say it's kind of our lord of the rings it was a six-year three-film project i think back when we started this whole operation like the idea of planning that far in advance <laughs> wrapping our head around something it was six years and three films. It was was so far out there. But it was at a time when Jeremy really wanted to transition to he really wanted to transition to foot powered and he wanted to explore new zones. New zones that we weren't allowed to go to uh with, with mechanized vehicles and and so we didn't know how that was gonna go. We were like, Well, is he gonna do like a little bit of this and we'll do some of deeper and we ended up just kind of, he's like, no, he said, no, guys, he said, I'm going all in. We are doing deeper and we're just going to dig in. And and we started the, the project. And it was incredible because at the time we were pretty like masters of our craft. But at the time we doing it that way, going out for four weeks with with solar chargers and and media management and everything we were doing we we kind of had to relearn things there was some there was equipment being invented during that time these like portable cranes camera cranes and different different things so it was, it was really fun it was super innovative it was we were pushing ourselves jeremy was pushing himself jeremy was finding new things new lines and we didn't know if it would work and it, and it certainly did and we just got better and better and better at it and i think anytime you do something like that is really cool because you see the influence and impact that it's had and uh, it's pretty standard for people to go winter camping in the middle of nowhere and trying to drop big heavy lines that 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 wasn't always the case those those were those were spring trips. So I, I, it was really fun. One of the things we're, we're, we're noticing is that, well, there's no Warren Miller film this year. And I think that's a, a big sort of in the ski film community, sort of like a whoa moment, right? It's been like that for over 50 years. And TGR just keeps keeps on going, like just creating new, original, um, innovative content, right? I mean, you're, you're coming out with your first all snowboarding movie this year, which I think is, is great. Um, but what do you think sets TGR apart from other ski film production companies? Um, the style, the approach, the storytelling. Why do you get, what do you guys bring to the table that's so different than everybody else? 
Oh goodness, that's a, that's a loaded and, loaded. And, yeah, and tell me everything. <laughs> we have an that's hour. A loaded gun. I would say you got to you got to you got to talk to my colleagues. <laughs> but you, you know, I I mean, I guess so. The, actually, our ninth snowboard film. Oh, it is. I thought it was the first. People tend to forget because deeper, further, higher. We're, we're yep. all pure snowboarding. True. We did the Elena Height blank canvas film. And then an, another series of films with Jeremy. So, so where did I read, did I read that wrong? I, I, I must have read that somewhere. I, yeah, so I apologize. And it's just sort of. I think people tend to forget the depth of of the. We've we've done a bit of everything. We've made multiple surf films, m- mountain bike films, the, the entire action sports space. I guess we've we've been in it. We were we were early consultants on the X Games. We like these sports. We grew up with them all, and, and so so we've been dabbling and playing in them forever. I think what's cool and unique about Flying High again is it, what what it is. While it is our ninth our ninth film, it really it's a core snowboard film. It's 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 a throwback to the to the original to to what it used to look like in the landscape. There'd be these ten, eleven, twelve films would come out every year. They would go on tour they would and that that was the that was the thing everyone worked towards and that's really faded away and it's happened on the ski side as well where where these people are they're working on youtube series and they're releasing stuff mid-winter and it's kind of coming out as it goes and there's something to be said about about working all year at the high the to get the best stuff you possibly can to create something that is really high art. And that with our films, with our, with any films we do, whether it's the stuff we've been doing with HBO or whether it's these snowboard projects or mountain bike or, or the annual ski film legend has it that's coming up. But there is a lot of work that goes into that. And we, we spend it's a full year long process to, to create that. And we have to hold stuff back. We are releasing things as we go, but we're holding a lot back and there's nothing like it when you pack a thousand plus people into a theater in the fall before winter. And it's the crew. It's like the people you don't necessarily see until that fall. And you're going to, you're going to see them all winter. It's your, it's your winter. It's your shred posse. And there, there is nothing like that when everyone comes out. We just did it in Teton Village. We premiered Legend Has It. Um, 2,000 person shows, kids, families, ski bombs, the whole gamut of people came out and the lights go down and people start screaming and going bonkers and really getting fired up. I mean, there, there's, there's nothing like it. And that is what keeps us going and that's what motivates us and that's why we'll be doing this for a long long time well you you guys are true artists which you talk about youtube you you talk about instagram and everything else you guys actually take it soup to nuts you work for the shots we go back to the warren miller days as we all know you guys have just raised that bar which is which is kind of which is kind of cool what do you when when you guys look for locations how do you pick your destinations? Share some of the favorite ones with us. And I, I know you shot on Mass, on Cape Cod one time or in Massachusetts. What was that all about? 
Yeah, that, well, yeah, a few di- that was for the opening of Hire. So that was the third film in the Jeremy Jones Hire trilogy. And we really, in that, in that film, we kind of, we went back and dipped in and out of his life story where, where, where his origins and, and his origins with riding and Jeremy, when snowboarding came along, we, we had up in Stowett, Shaw's General Store. My dad had saw these snowboards down in the basement of Shaw's General Store and bought them and they showed up under our Christmas tree and they were the original Burton Backhills. And Jeremy, he, he really fell in love with it. We would ski all day and then we'd hike behind our house in stow and just and ride and hit little jumps and he started bringing the board back to cape cod and all of a sudden this flat peninsula that was cape cod we're like where's the vert (laughs) and all of a sudden he started finding all the hills we were never looking for 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 vertical uh relief and and one of the spots that had the that had the one of the better hills was in front of the courthouse, which which my dad, would, would, being an attorney, spent a lot of time around. And so Jeremy would just do anything he could to skip school, sneak into my dad's rig, uh, to to go to go snowboard, and and so we wanted to recreate that scene, and that was super fun, super special to to go back there and go back to where it all began, and then just for me. I mean, this is like a hundred vertical foothill at best. And to have been in the places, I was filming Jeremy in Nepal when he was climbing and riding the first ascent Shangri-La wall at 20,000 feet. Sure. And we were literally at 150 feet above sea level on Cape Cod where he learned to, to or where he pushed and progressed snowboard, his snowboarding in those early days. And the, that the, and then to be at 20,000 feet in Nepal, you're like, wow, we've come a long way. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? It, it, that, that scene, it, it was brought back to me a couple of years ago because Dean Dicas posted some surf, some skiing on the dunes when there was snow down there. It was like, wow, I remember that. Matt, Cape Cod. Yeah, Dicas, I saw that. I showed probably a hundred different people. I was just rolling around going, did you see this? Look at this. Look at the dunes on Cape Cod. Look what Deacus is. The boats are up to. Like this is insane. That blew our minds. We, we didn't. We didn't. We never pieced that one out. Deacus one upped us there. We were on a dinky little Ordo cell that he found the goods there. <laughs> that was mind mind bending. Uh, yeah, it was. It was great. Now, hey, you got a new challenge coming to catch that <laughs> that Cape Cod dump. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So one um, of the stars. Yeah, we, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're you're good. Oh. I was just gonna say that the yeah to to what it was golf, golf courses were another place where you could find vertical relief. Um, yeah, I'm 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 surprised we missed that. I was a little jealous when I saw that. It makes sense now when you kind of look at the terrain there, and but you're like God. How? I mean, that's a, a fair amount of vert. <laughs> it was four times what we were finding and a lot steeper. So kudos to to Deacus and and the crew on that that run. Gotta love it. We all, yeah. So one of the stars of Legend Has It is your son Kai, who is now sixteen. Is that correct? Kai is seventeen now. Seventeen. Yep. Okay. 
and he has exploded. This is his fifth TGR film. Is that correct? And you know, fifth film, yeah, is is becoming Crazy. known as one of the skiing's brightest young stars. So I have to ask you, what's it like watching your own son become like this big name under the TGR umbrella and becoming burgeoning star on his own? Yeah, it's. It's a, it's been a, it's been a funny and, and interesting and, and wild ride. I mean, it's, I've worked with a lot of athletes over the years. I was, I was filming Candide when he was 13. I was filming Tanner when Tanner Hall, when he was, I think 12, a lot of these iconic skiers just over the years, having run into him, having Sage was older when he came onto the scene, but always kind of. I've just been around people who you're like, uh, they have something unique in this world. They have a unique approach. They have a unique style, flair, energy. I guess sometimes they call it, they have it. It's this thing you can't define. You can't. And I think Kai from a very young age was just frothing, always frothing. Let's go up, stay one more run. I mean, it was bell to bell. I went from like, as you said, being a dad, right? You're like, out of balance like how do we do this i mean we only have to drive 12 miles up to grand Targhee to get the kids skiing we would be blowing that in the early days of trying to figure out the the, the parenting thing with because i have two i've um and then kai's younger brother cam Ryder. and but kai just wanted it early on and he and loved it and loved the mountains loved being out there loved the space and then that just kind of continued along obviously can i tag along dad can you show me this hey i just watched the continuum i want to go to this cliff band and <laughs> don't tell me you don't know where it is because uh i watched the continuum this morning and i saw you hitting it in the continuum <laughs> so i'm like okay and then all of a sudden it was there's a big sheet like central couloir in jackson hall guy's 10 years old he's like dad i want to go to central and I'm like, this is a this is a couloir on the side country off Cody Peak, really steep. Ends in a mand has a super cruxy middle. Ends in like a 30 foot air mandatory out the bottom. And here's this 10 year old like, okay, I want to go up, and I'm able to figure out. I'm like, okay, well, Jason Strong's been hitting it all year. Um, I used to hit it. I'm 50 now, right? So like, I used to hit that thing all the time. But I had said goodbye to it a long, 15 years prior. And then there I am up top, Central Kuwar, with my 10-year-old and Jason Strong, like one of the gnarliest dudes on the mountain. And Strong goes first, and then Kai. And then I remember dropping in, and the top's really steep. And I'm just like, you little bastard. I said goodbye to this thing 15 years ago. <laughs> Here I go again. But it, you know... <laughs> And that, that was Kai. He's like, I want to go climb this mountain. I want to do this. I want to do this. And so he kind of, he reawakened me. He reawakened my, I guess, <laughs> it's easy to, to back down as you get older and to still do it and be out there and be kind of able to be out there and be kind of mellow. But he, he unlocked the, the, the radness meter again. And <laughs> it was like, okay, we're in it now. Now I'm, I'm, I gotta go and, and ride all this stuff and show him around and, and that was really fun and has been really fun for me because it, it just it lit me back up and, and I guess you talk about 
Warren Miller and them them not having a film this year. And it's like Warren Warren was the heart and soul of that business. And we're we're still out there. We're still doing it. We're still filming. We intend to be out there for a long, long, long time. And I think Kai has just helped help me keep my love for it when I can do it with, with my son and I'm traveling the world and living in hotel rooms can get kind of boring and lonely and but all of a sudden I got a roommate now and it's my son and and he's pushing the boundaries he's the one he's the one getting the ball going and that when we go out people are like oh oh shit we're okay we're on a kai shoot it's gonna be full send oh we got we're gonna there's it's not gonna be a just get the get the pal shot in front of the front of the beautiful background kind of scene because Kai's very motivated to he wants to put down his version of what he thinks this sport is and 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 so it's impressive to watch I mean it really is and and like I said I've worked with so many amazing skiers and he he's up there in that upper tier I'm, I'm always blown away with his commitment and efforts and did something else. That's that's absolutely amazing. When when you look at the equipment today and what it's allowing us to do, it's it's a little bit different than the days of Scott Schmidt skiing two fifteens. <laughs> it's the skis are there, the technology is there for an athlete to take it to another level. Yes, absolutely. So so Jackson Hole. We had Jackson on last year on the podcast. It's one of my favorites in the country. How did you guys choose to make Jackson the home rather than Squaw or Alaska? Yeah, yeah, no. It's a kind, kind of a funny story. My brother, my older brother, Steve, he, his sophomore year in college, after his sophomore year in college, he decided to take a winter off to, to do, the, do the ski thing. In, and he moved to Telluride, which is an epic town. Easy place to get sucked into. I think he picked Telluride because he had seen the Grateful Dead there uh, back <laughs> back in the day, uh, and was like, "This place is nuts." I mean, it, it really is it's when you go in there. But Telluride can have finicky snow years as well. And Steve's out there, and it's a bad year, and he's skiing moguls, and he's like, "This this sucks. This isn't what I." I'm having fun, but this isn't what I moved here for. And he calls his buddy who's up at Jackson and he's like, Hey man, I got, I'm in, I'm in the family condo. Um, I'm working up at Casper restaurant, slinging beers, mid mountain, and I could get you a job. You can, you can sleep in the bunk room and I can get you a job slinging beers and it'll come with a ski pass and it's, and it's firing up here. And so Steve was like, screw it. I got, I went one year off. I got a roll, and so he rolls. He he dips from Telluride and rolls up to Jackson. I came out to visit him that on my spring break, and he was now settled in. Free beers at the Mid Mountain <laughs> Restaurant. We 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 worked it out where we shared his pass during that time, and uh, I just was blown away. I had not. I'd been to Mount Hood once for a race camp. Um, but I really did not know what the West was or what Western uh, big mountain skiing was. Um, so I visited him on this spring break and I was immediately like, 
Um, I think, you know, before I even got home, called my parents and I said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do this take a year off from school thing like my brother. And that was over 30 years ago. And we may have been almost Telluride gravity research, <laughs> but <laughs> Steve, he figured it out. He made that move to Jackson, but we, yeah, we literally, we never left. We life doesn't, you don't see it coming for me. I didn't see it coming. I was cruising along doing all these different things and pretty traditional, like go to high school. Okay. Now I'm in college. And then all of a sudden there was like breaks on. Nope. This is it. I have no idea what we're I'm going to do or how it's going to work out. I was washing dishes and, and shredding, but I was like, this is, this is where it's going down. And this is, and I never, never left. And the rest is, is history. In in today's social media landscape, engagement is the key word, right? Are you engaging with your fans? Which is something I think TGR has done for 20, 25 years. I think you were at the forefront of how you had your online presence and communicated with your fans and how you presented your digital content that way. How do you, do you think you did anything different in the early days of TGR that sort uh-huh. of helped define it that way? And how does it, how did that impact the brand's growth? Well, yeah, one, one, 100%. So we had a, a legendary figure in TGR history, Chris Owens. He built us our first website. Uh, we had the website live before the continuum came out. So immediately we were pretty, had a focus digitally. We had, we were putting QuickTime clips on in 19. 19- 96 streaming video which was like no no one did that we started e-commerce in 97 the 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 forums which was the form of social media back then right right around that same time i think that while we were a bunch of we 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 started tgr with commercial fishing money because we ended up Doug Coombs invited us up to Alaska to come guide for him when he was starting that heli guiding business in Valdez. And so, of of course, we sold everything and went up there. And but you didn't make any money, right? Like if you did make any money, you spent it going free riding with your buddies. Like, hey, can we take the heli without clients? And so our, our, our partner, Dirk Collins, who was from Anchorage at the time, he was like, hey, guys, I know we're all broke, but there's a whole gold mine out there on that ocean. I know you boys are from Cape Cod and you love the ocean. Let's let's go commercial fishing. And so we went commercial fishing and we ended up and we ended up buying the cameras and and then we made the continuum. And then so while we were ski bums and commercial fishermen, we also were like pretty motivated, aggressive kids to start this company. And so pretty quickly thereafter, we're like, well, we should be selling TV shows to, I can't even rem- remember, there were like Outdoor Life Network and right. these people. And and we would roll. Versus. And, well, well, yeah, we would go and we'd go, go to the cities and we would pitch people and everyone would say, no, 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 so many no's. And then w- when we saw this the internet coming along and the ability to put video on, on there and, and all these things, we were like, you know what, we're we're not going to stop going and pitching and having people tell us no, but like this thing, whatever's going on here, this is really interesting. 
and it's something where we can con- could theoretically control our own fate and we don't have to have someone say yes we can put this clip on here and anyone in the world who has an internet connection or, and a computer can consume it so that was an early early embrace of ours and and i think as that space heated up as well and this really impacted the the ski and snowboard and action sports and independent film world as that really heated up and youtube became a big thing and twitter and instagram started to come along and and take heat people were like we want to create our own content we want to put it on our own channels and a lot of that killed the um killed the action sports film like the feature length blockbuster action sports films really kind of faded off in, in that space but what was different for us was we're like, hey, yeah, we still have this big annual film thing, but look at all the digital content. Look at all the series coming out of here. Look at all the stuff we're going to hand over to you that you can use on your channel. So, so we always saw that coming and really tried to stay ahead of it. And, and at one point, we're like, what we were uh, selling to our partners was a bunch of digital content that happened to have a feature-length film at the end of it. And that was just being progressive in that space. Well, you you brought up Doug Coombs, long-term friend, another Massachusetts boy. He, he he really set the bar in so many ways. How did how did Doug influence you guys in what you did? I mean, Doug was like one of literally one of the most influential people in TGR's history. I mean, when we were there and we were the young kids and we were shooting with Bob Woodall and Wade McCoy and, and trying to get in powder magazine and Doug Coombs was the man. He was the guy. He went up, he won the world extremes. And I remember I was skiing one day and I was up above the Cirque and there's this thing called shit for brains, Kuwar, and it's close out, mandatory air and it and so i ski it and i and i hit the cliff and i come down and there's there's doug and i ski up and stop and he's like do you know what that is and i said no i don't know it just looked cool and he said well that i said that that's my coolie i i i hit that and he said what's your name i said todd jones he said i've been looking for you and that's when he invited me to alaska to come guide for him and and that really that changed everything in the early days of the continuum we would we would guide, and then he would give us the helicopter at the end of the day, and that's how we made those early Alaska segments. Was, but yeah, it was just Doug. Uh, I mean, I can't can't say enough of from just his style, his skiing, his pioneering, his stoke, his vision, like everything that is Doug Coombs. I hope is still. <laughs> part of TGR because all those values and ethos and all those things were were so critical and important to us and we've tried to carry them with us through, throughout this journey. I'm so glad to hear that because he left a legacy and I knew I knew he was very much involved with you guys through the years. But going on from there, you you guys are now a brand. You're not just movies. What else are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, it, content all, all over the place, everything from from very short to too long. We just had we just had a 
four-part series called Edge of the Earth on HBO that was really cool, something we were really proud of because as I talk about those early days, kind of trying to pound down the doors and and getting a lot of no's to end up getting a yes from HBO, one of the most prestigious channels in, in the history of television, was was quite a quite a big moment for us and then we also on the on the brand side with our our merchandise and our goggles and optics and sunglass line that that has really taken off quite 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 a bit and we have now have stores in park city boulder breckenridge bozeman and jackson um all these premium flagship stores but you know people like they they like our stuff. They like the brand. I guess we've built something that people people enjoy and that it means something to them and, and they want to wear the logo and represent and it stands for something that is inspirational and and, and so that, that part's been really cool as well to see the brand itself have have be something that has an impact and isn't just media. Well, I, I, I want to take that opportunity then to speak to the audience. And if you're not familiar with TGR and you want to watch something that speaks to you, go and watch In Pursuit of Soul online, uh, which is a look at the independent ski resorts of the area. And it focuses on Bolton, Black, Cannon. Really good partnership with the Indie Pass that TGR did a couple of years ago. You did a sequel last year. And I think it's just it's just one way that, you know, while you may not relate to jumping off a mountain in Alaska, you may relate to that lift at Black Mountain. And, and TGR brings it to you in, in such a way, that good, fantastic storytelling as it has been for almost 30 years now. Uh, Todd, I just wanted to thank you very much for joining us on the show. Uh, it's a pleasure to always talk to you and catch up. And uh, I hope you have a great season out there in T- Teton Valley. Yes, absolutely. Well, th- thank you all. And uh, yeah, New England, that's that's the heart and soul of the sport. So That's what we keep really, trying to tell that, ourselves. That we, we try to tell ourselves <laughs> that. But if that dump comes to Cape Cod and you're going to come back, I'll make, make a couple turns down the dunes with you. Yeah, I always say, though, is it's really easy to love skiing when you have a 4,000 vertical foot mountain and you average four inches of snow every day. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) as we know that East coast does not have that. And so the people who are out there shredding day in, day out, bell to bell rain, wearing trash bags to keep dry, like and keep the pelting freezing rain off them. Like I, I, it's never going to leave my soul that that is, like where a lot of the hardcores are and a lot of the true love of sport comes from. Yeah. We have character. That's well, great. yeah, yeah. We, we have <laughs> character. And, and some, some, we don't get the dumps. We get character. Sometimes we don't have the most best brains on what we ski in and how we ski it, but <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's all good in the hood. Hey, Todd, thank you so very much for joining us. It was a pleasure. Yes. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Thanks Todd. Alrighty. Todd yep, Jones. Bye. We'll be back in a moment. Wow, Eric. Todd Jones, Teton Gravity Research, the Jones Brothers. I cannot believe it's been 29, 29 years already? 28 years. 28 years already. Wow. I mean, years. New England's own that has created a movie slash brand that really 
transcends all of us at this point. Right. And I mean, they, they had a, they had a vision and they knew the potential was there and they did it about went about doing it the right way, embracing technology and that engagement that would be so crucial to any business 30 years later. They were doing it in 1995 or 1996. So look, they came at the filming business at a completely different time than other people and they embraced what they had to work with. And that was what has helped make them probably the most recognizable ski film entity out there now, now that Warren Miller is sort of taking a back seat of things. Oh, yeah. Nationally speaking, they're definitely the most recognizable. They have a full brand and have created this brand. The The best part about that, and it wasn't prepped, that a lot of what we talk about on this podcast, we have our questions that we're going to ask. Mm. But when I mentioned Dean Dekas, if anybody doesn't know, another New England boy in the films, and mentioned Dean skiing down on Cape Cod, I think a challenge has been given to Todd to get back here and go bigger than Dean now. Yeah, he really did like that. He was totally into it. So I do want to mention that both films, Legend Has It, will be is debuting this month in New York, and it will also be in Newport on October 27th, Boston at the House of Blues on November 16th, Portsmouth, New Hampshire at the Music Hall on November 2nd, I'm sorry, November 1st and November 2nd, and in Concord, New Hampshire, on October 25th at the Bank of New Hampshire stage. So there are plenty of opportunities to see that film. Flying High Again, a snowboard film directed by Mike Hatchett. You will be able to find at, at the warehouse in Fairfield, Connecticut, on November 7th. Newport, Rhode Island, on October 27th at the Jane Pickens Theater. And Boston, on October 25th at the Paradise Rock Club. And November 3rd in Portland, Maine at the State Theater. Check tetongravity.com for any other listings that will be in your neck of the woods. That's a lot of options to see the new movie every year. The other thing that they have, and I saw it up at Sugarbush quite a bit last year because they travel with Icon mm -hmm. at this point, but their Stokemobile is going to be at the Country Ski Event. Oh, well, excellent. Yeah, so all of the latest TGR paraphernalia is going to be right in Hanover to boot. I, I believe they've always collaborated with the, with the Grateful Dead, but I believe now they have an exclusive relationship with Bob Weir. So maybe some of that stuff will be there. The Stokemobile was, was – I've, I've been there before. It's fun. It's great merchandise. It's uh, going to be a blast to have it in Hanover. Can't wait to go there and, and hang out with that. So, Mike, anything else about – No, you, you know what? In general. That was a great three-part series with – all New England twists, the last one being wholeheartedly New England, right here in Massachusetts, and support the local boys. And when you're in Park City or Jackson Hole, stop into one of their stores. Absolutely. I mean, that's pretty cool stuff. Yep. Good things, good stuff. Thank you very much, Mike. That is a wrap-up for us here on the New England Ski Journal Base Camp Prop. That is a wrap-up for us here on the New England Ski Journal Base Camp Podcast presented by Country Ski and Sport. I'm Eric Wilbur. We will see you back here next time. Thank you. Goodbye. New England Ski Journal's Base Camp is a Siemens Media Podcast. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful.